Good day, everyone. Welcome back. This is Craig Ryan from the Business Development Bank of Canada, BDC, and I'm here with my colleague, Carla Heim. Hello, everyone. Excited to be here. We are excited to be here to speak with yet another really cool entrepreneur. Uh, at BDC, uh, you may know it's as the only bank in the country dedicated exclusively to entrepreneurs. Uh, Carla and I get to meet a lot of really, really interesting people. For these interviews, we've chosen a particular bunch. We've chosen people who have created companies that reflect them and that reflect their vision of the world and create a broader, broader value in addition to money. Today's entrepreneur is a really cool guy with a really cool company, and he is joining us from Calgary. Welcome, James. Great to be here. Thanks for having me, guys. Great. James, tell us, what is your company? And what do you do? What do you sell? Uh, well, I, uh, I'm part of a great company called Fiasco Gelato. Uh, we make artisan gelato here in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. But I always like to say uh, we're not a gelato company. So what we do on the purpose uh, and passion side is a lot more important, I believe, than simply just making a frozen dessert. Uh, but we have a lot of fun while we do it. Mm, very cool. Well, I, I happen to know that your gelato is very, very yummy. I know so that too. <laughs> I, uh, I encourage anyone to try it, that's for sure. Um, so tell us a little bit about um, how Fiasco got started, James. Well, Fiasco was uh, a storefront concept uh, started in 2003, and I was doing some graphic design on the side, and Fiasco was a client of mine, and I was always very passionate about how it was such a centrifuge for communities, so people are coming in, they're experiencing the brand, they're really excited, no one's ever really sad to have ice cream or gelato, <laughs> and uh, you know, that's what really uh, gravitated me towards the brand. Uh, fast forward to, uh, you know, 2008, 2009, and the owner had approached me and said, you know, what's next for you? Because you seem very passionate about this this company. So we ended up doing a handshake deal for me to acquire it when it was one store. Uh, and since then, and, and lots of uh, twists and turns and, and bumps in the road, uh, we're now the largest gelato company across Canada. Congratulations. Yeah. Your growth over the past five years, what's it been? Uh, the last five years is uh, over a thousand percent, but one of my fav favorite <laughs> Isn't stats. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> Bravo. Wow. My favorite favorite ones now is uh, it's grown 6,000, over 6,000 percent since I took it over in 2009. So That's incredible. Wow, that's yeah, a whole conversation in itself. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And and the exciting thing is, is that you have purpose baked into this company that's that's had such great success. I think that's pretty that's pretty incredible. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. Well, one of my uh, my favorite parts about this whole journey has been, you know, people often ask me, you know, where did you go to school? And and for me, you know, we didn't have much growing up, so I learned at a very young age. You kind of had to. To, to earn your own and um, it's no different in business for me you know I, I take this approach of of you know we've got to we've got to work hard and long to make good things happen but uh, I don't really see business as business I think that's one of the the interesting parts about what we do is I think that everything we look at from a business lens is somewhat counterintuitive for us so when we look at you know how do we uh, reduce costs. You know, we're not looking at how do we pay people less or skimp on ingredients or, you know, not take care of our, our community and environment. We actually sort of reverse it. And 
when our product is on the shelf, it's always a dollar or more than, uh, you know, the other guys like Ben and Jerry's and Hagen does, but that's with intention not to make more money, but to give us, uh, you know, more utility to do great things in the world. And if people want to want to join us on our journey, then that's great. And if others, you know, uh, don't, don't see the value in that, then that's for them too. But I think one thing you're seeing now is when brands take a, a you know, a, a commitment and a stance towards you know doing doing the right thing it really allows uh, a consumer to feel like they're a part of something bigger than just the product or uh, or the brand yeah you know and I think one thing is I mean ice cream and gelato are fairly um, common products but you guys have really really uh, you know taken it to the next level and I know in 2018, actually, you you were the recipient of the Cult Emerging Brand Award. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, it, it's been an amazing, uh, amazing year. Um, I was joking with somebody actually this week that every year, I'm 35 this year, but every year since I turned 25 has been the best year of my life. And it's always mm -hmm. because of moments like this. So uh there's this amazing conference in Banff every year called The Gathering, and it's uh, it's all these um, these amazing cult brands. So last year, there's like Beats by Dre and Jack Daniels, Jeep, Gatorade, brands that have been around and stood the test of time and really built you know tremendous value for their fans. And we got a, a you know a contact uh, late last year, and they said you know it's amazing what Fiasco is doing, and you guys are so explosive, but you're you know, you're doing things very differently than most brands. And so they engaged us and I had an opportunity to share our uh, our journey at the, the conference. And then at the end, they awarded us uh, with the Emerging Cult Brand of the Year Award, which was like, you know, when you're you're in the room with these global brands and even though it's in math, you know, there's not a lot of Canadian brands that get on their radar. Mm -hmm. um, for them to, to, to honor us that way was, you know, I think why one of the driving forces behind why, you know, I get up every day and I work super hard to make sure that the opportunities and the purpose that we have align with something that's that's far bigger than simply just selling a product. Absolutely. Yeah. Could you uh, give our listeners, uh, James, an example of the kinds of things that you do, how you put purpose into community building using Fiasco, for example? Yeah, it's uh, it's fun when people ask me this this sort of question, like, how do you do it? And, you know, what I always come back to is like really sort of old school values or, or the way that I was raised. And when I look at it, it's 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 very simple. You look to the left of you and the right of you to your neighbors and you get to know them and understand what they need. And it's no different when it comes to communities. So, um, you know, there's been lots of times one of the, the uh, prolific ones for us was during the Alberta floods in 2013. So, you know, Know, by by I don't want to call it luck or accident or whatever it is but you know all of our business was invested in local restaurants and cafes and when the floods happened more than 40 40 percent of our business evaporated overnight because these restaurants and cafes were flooded and had to close and with the intention of helping community we actually devised this product called two by two rebuild the zoo so every jar that we made and we weren't in grocery at the time so this is a very catalytic moment for us but we created these jars, we approached the zoo, we said, we'd love to sell these. They asked us who we could sell them through. We didn't have a retail connection. Next thing you know, we're in 24 Calgary co-ops across, across the city. And we accidentally saved our business because we <laughs> wanted to do what was right in our community. 
and that was to help someone that needed it the most. And, you know, the zoo had $50 million damage and, you know, us at the end of the day, over six months, we, we made 13,000 jars each by hand. Um, we donated that money to those guys. Um, that, you know, was really for, for me, it's not about the 50 million that, that is the damage that they've got to repair, but it's about showing up and doing whatever you can. And so you saw our, our company do the same thing. We went through our own uh, tragedy uh, in terms of a fire in 2015. And literally the day after we had reopened from, you know, almost a million dollars in, in damage and almost putting us out of business, we donated every penny we made to the Red Cross for those that were affected in Fort Mac because we knew in that moment what those people were going through. And sure, a, a day of sales is, is a tremendous thing uh, for us when it comes down to it. It was about $16,000 we donated. But what we did is we encouraged other businesses and other people to say, what's 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 our part in this? What can we do and how can we show up for our community? Wonderful. I'm interested in hearing about uh, what attracted you to the new business certification called B Corp, that movement of entrepreneurs who I think resemble you in many ways and uh, why you chose it. Yeah, B Corp uh, for me is is a, a really fun story to share. So, you know, I've been a fan of, of purpose-driven brands for a long time because I've always said, you know, business has this negative connotation and how do we change, you know, what we have to do every single day of our lives to be something that we're very proud of and we can put our head down on our pillow every night and say we did the right things. And when I uh, became a fan of Patagonia, um, I that's where I stumbled upon what what is known as B Corp certification. So for uh, those of you that are unaware, I, I simply describe it as using your business as a force of good. So it's the idea that the decisions that you make every day can actually have a positive impact rather than always a negative impact on, on the world we live in. And so when I started to read about it, I was like, oh my gosh, like all of these things are already embedded in the DNA of our organization and now there's a name for it. So that was like, so exhilarating because you've got all these other kinds of certifications like you know we've been featured in the the profit 500 the last five years and that's really neat and there's all these little pieces but there isn't something that sort of has that that um that stamp or that uh that emblazoned tattoo of we do what's right and and we can we can show that in a quantifiable way and so when we started to dig our teeth into it, we're like, wow, so many of these things we're already doing. And here's another sort of tranche of things that we want to do, but we haven't really taken that time. So I always look at it through this lens of like, you know, what you're doing today might qualify you. And lucky for us, we qualified uh, in our first go. It wasn't easy. It took a lot of time and we didn't have uh, our friends at BDC to help us at that time. But I'm grateful <laughs> that, that you guys are doing that for some businesses now because it's pretty special. But, um, you know, three years later and, and tons of constant improvement, which is at the core of a fiasco, our score is 111, which is, is so exciting because Ben and Jerry's is 110. And when you look at the grandfathers <laughs> of ice cream and doing something right to win in overtime is kind of exciting. Oh, yeah. that is beyond exciting. I, I want to have our listeners um, understand uh, how incredible 111 is. Um, with the assessment, you have to score 80 out of 200 points. And although that seems like that must not be hard because that's not even 50%, uh, it's very hard. Uh, to get yes. 80 points in the assessment is really, really hard. So to come in at 111 is stellar. So mm -hmm. that's, that's incredible, James. 
Well done. Thank you. Yeah, yeah most, it's, uh, most don't achieve that score. That's great. Yeah, yeah, and you're seeing right now it is the the popularity of it, which is really great, comes up. You're getting a lot of those sort of low 80 entry scores, and I always say to those businesses, you know, welcome to the club, really, you know, congratulations, but let's find ways to, to get you up into the, you know, the high 90s or the 100s or, or really sort of, you know, look at it through this lens of not like, okay, well, we we've arrived and that's okay. It's like, you've just actually just got started and now there's so much more landscape. So, uh, our friends at method, uh, people against dirty, um, one of my favorite brands, their score is 146, <gasps> And I always, I always tell them that, uh, one day, one day we'll, we'll, uh, we'll share that number with them. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, it's, uh, it's really a journey. It's not a destination. It's continuous improvement. And I think that's a, that's a common thread amongst all the B Corp certified companies in the world. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, James, I mean, obviously, your company is incredible. It's so exciting to hear about the growth and the success and, and the employee engagement that you have is amazing as well. But, you know, I always say um, every time I speak to a group of entrepreneurs that it's, it's about the entrepreneur. It really starts there. And I love that your title is Chief Idea Officer and CEO. But <laughs> I think the pulse of a company really starts with the entrepreneur. And you're in a pretty incredible individual. And, and I just love you to share a little bit with what you're comfortable sharing about your history and what drives you every day. Because I think that's pretty unique. Sure. Yeah, um, you know, I don't, uh, I don't disagree that if you look at the founders of most organizations, uh, they're gonna tell. There's gonna be a, a rich story there to kind of share, you know, why they do what they do or why the company was incepted. And for me, you know, the question of why gelato comes up a lot, and it's it's fun for me because it never really has been about gelato, and it, I don't think it ever will be. It just happens to be the the utility or the conduit for us to achieve the greater good. So when I look back at my journey, you know, I spent um, most of my childhood, we were, uh, we were in low income housing and, and on welfare. And, um, you know, when I'd say to my dad, can we go to the, the grocery store and, and get, uh, get some candy or get some treats? Uh, he would tell me we didn't have money. And, and so what I realized, you know, in my, my early days was that if, if we were going to have something I had to provide, and so I started by shoveling walks. I started my first job bagging groceries when I was 14. Um, all these little steps sort of got me in a place where I started to really understand what I did or didn't want out of a company or business. And fast forward now to, you know, I'm in my early 20s and I've done all these little projects on the side. I had a record label when I was like 14. I did like so many <laughs> random things along the journey. I played poker for a while. I had a clothing line, like all these these hits um, of, of learning, but you know when it came to to acquiring Fiasco, uh, early on I just said you know we're gonna do what's right and if it works that's great and if not then uh, then at least we can be proud of what we did and I I look at that um, experience I had when I was younger of not having a lot and having to be you know really uh, you know literally bootstrapping my whole life. Um, and how that factored into how we built Fiasco. So, you know, we've always been very mindful of how we spend money. And then we've always, you know, made sure that we spend it on the right things. And I get asked often about things like living wage. So for us, you know, being in uh, manufacturing, most factories, you know, pay minimum wage if if that. And for us, I, 
I knew that if I couldn't, um, you know, go to sleep at night with the, the understanding that the people that worked with me um, couldn't put food on the table or pay the rent, then then really, you know, who am I to to run a business? And I look back to my dad's challenges when we were younger and, and not having enough to, to really, you know, provide in a meaningful way. And, and once I sort of, you know, catalyze that into this thing, which I now sort of talk about, which is like build the company you'd want your dad or, or your mom to work for. Um, it really makes it so simple to make the right decisions because if you, if you stand that deeply for something, then it's really easy to say this is the right decision and my parents would be proud. Uh, and, and that I think has a, a greater tangibility than simply like, okay, well let's measure our profitability and have some, you know, some social ROI and yada, 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 like it's some strategy chess game sort of thing and rather just turn it into this, you know, what do I understand about my past? Well, I understand that I, I want everyone that comes to work for me to have more than I did, not just for me to have more than I did kind of thing. So, hmm. yeah, I also know that you have a, a really incredible culture and um, obviously everything you've been talking about really like allows that to kind of shine through in this conversation. But um, I think that you also really motivate your employees well and uh, that everybody feels like they're part of something and uh, that they're the entrepreneurs. Right. And what does that look like for you in, in your personal life and in, in the business? Yeah, I think similar to what I highlighted before, um, you know, for anyone that has to use this term like get to and have to at fiasco. So have to is like going to the dentist. It's like no one says, ooh, I get to go to the dentist. This is really exciting. <laughs> they always say, I have to go to the dentist today. So when you sort of change the the framework around uh, employment or careers or jobs to that, I think that's where people start to wake up in the morning and feel really great about what they get to do every day, not what they have to do every day. Um, I would say sort of the the secret to it all is is involvement. So, you know, we're very transparent. Like the team gets a, you know, they can access the P&L or balance sheet any, any day of the week that they want. We do a monthly report and it's in their hands. Um, you know, we trust them to be confidential so that they don't, you know, post it like uh, some of the Elon Musk emails that get get to the internet. Um, but um, but at the end of the day, I've, I've always said, you know, if you've got to hide anything from the people that work there, you're probably not doing the right things. And and so I think all of this transparency and, and honesty and authenticity with our people allows them to really feel like it's theirs. So, you know, when they're making decisions that affect us, um, not even just financially, but, you know, culturally or or sustainably like they're making decisions as if it was their own business and and one of our core values is we have the courage to own our mistakes and learn from them and that also allows people the latitude to 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 have the courage to be in the arena and make a mistake and know that they're not going to lose their job because they tried to do the right thing i always say that action is way more important than inaction and and i you know i'd be happy to to help you recover from from a mistake uh, rather than see you sort of stand still and be fearful of the outcome. Hmm. What about um, as you grow, James? Because I'm struck by the the thousand percent growth, <laughs> and what I'm I think it's a reasonable guess that a lot of Fiasco's culture is rooted in you. 
that you, uh, your persona, your values, your decisions as a manager uh, have helped create this powerful culture. Have you thought about um, growing and maintaining that culture as Fiasco gets big? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I um, you know, another question that often comes up when when speaking to others is, you know, this is great now, but how do you maintain this when you're, you know, a two thousand person organization? And mm-hmm. uh, by intention, um, I take the leadership team down to Vegas every year, and we tour Zappos. And uh, for listeners in Canada who might not know Zappos, they're a, a online shoe retailer out of the U.S. acquired by Amazon uh, in the last, uh, I would say, five to ten years. But this founder, Tony Shea, always had this sort of, you know, let's be crazy, let's have fun, let's bring llamas to work, like total maniac kind of guy. <laughs> but he's created, you know, a purposeful culture that's really all about serving people and and they're you know taking the team down there to see this in action allows them to digest that you know it's something that we can retain even at 2000 employees and another sort of important part of it in I just actually had a a great coffee with somebody who's ran a business for the last 30 years um here this week and I she was you know perplexed by this you know what happens when I'm not around kind of concept and I said, that's why you've got to be really sort of forward thinking on this. So we've created what's called the the Fiasco Culture Book, which outlines all the topics we talked about today. Mm-hmm. You got to be an employee of the company to get your hands on it. But it's um, um, it's a pretty powerful tool because you know it sits on people's desks, and when they're stuck in a decision or what to do, they can simply reference this. You know, I don't want to say Bible like, but you know, a tool that allows them to to know what's right and what's wrong. And then I spend a lot of time uh, with the leadership team. We do a biweekly leader lunch uh, where they bring forth topics and and really sort of get them to the point where they can make really consequential but positive decisions uh, with that same vein. Because I know that, you know, not you know tomorrow's never promised and 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 life is pretty precious and and if all of this hinged on me then that's pretty selfish so you've got to you, as a business you've got to say if we if we if these things are that important to our our success and our our sustainability uh for years to come then we've got to really move it out and build a strong foundation so that as we continue to grow at the rate we are we don't forget where we've come from and we've really got, you know, this powerful culture that even it's, it's not dependent on just one person. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Thank you very much, James. You're welcome. Yeah. I so appreciate how you've taken your own personal experiences, um, what you learned as a young boy and carried it forward into the business that you run today. And the, the influence and the positive influence that you have on everyone that you touch is pretty incredible. And um, it's something to certainly be proud of. And I, I can't wait to see what you do in the next 10 years, considering what you've done in 10 years so far. So that's, um, that's going to be very, very exciting. Um, So James, where can we find Fiasco Gelato? Well, we've got uh, Fiasco in uh, almost 2,000 retailers across the country now, which totally is surreal. Wow. You know, I get messages. My mom lives in Ormuktu, New Brunswick, and she's like, I just saw your gelato in a store <laughs> in the Fredericton <laughs> Junction. And then we get, like, love letters from people in Newfoundland, like, finally, you're here. 
gear. And um, so, you know, if you go into any retailer across the country, that's either an independent uh, or, you know, a, 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 a we'll call them a local grocer, even though they might have expanded like Sobeys, for example, you know, we're in Sobeys and Safeway, uh, we're in Save on Foods. Uh, some of my favorites are our Sentara Market uh, in Calgary and Edmonton. Um, in Toronto, we're in, you know, everyone from a really great uh, grocer called Pusateri's to Big Carrot to um, Metro Now, which is really a, a, a great uh, retailer there. Um, so if you go in and it's not there, just ask them. Uh, sooner or later, they'll they'll know what uh, what fiasco is. You know, we, we always think it's so big because we live in it. But, you know, sometimes people just need a nudge to carry it. And if you tell them it's a B Corp and this, this brand really, you know, cares about uh, the community, then hopefully we'll be on the shelf sooner than later. But, um, yeah, our goal is is to continue to, to look at after Canada. There's there's uh, this is a great country and there's a lot of great retailers here that we still have to to wiggle our way into. But, um, you know, I I don't uh, doubt that, you know, the team uh, under my leadership will continue to uh, trek across the country and maybe one day into some other countries to kind of share uh, share that purpose um, at, a, at an even greater level. Terrific. Fantastic. Uh, on behalf of everyone listening and who will listen after the podcast is shared widely, <laughs> thank you very much, James. Thank you uh, on behalf of uh, everyone at BDC and uh, everyone in the B Corp movement. And uh, for those of our listeners who are intrigued by the movement, the movement of James's, uh, www.bcorporation.net. And um, with that, uh, we will call it a day. Thank Great. You. Thank you very much. Thanks so much, James. Bye. All right. Cheers. So, Craig, that was um, another great, great interview. I'm really struck by how he simplifies things. You know, there are conferences around the world with experts nattering on and on and on about sustainability. And, and James boils it down to, is this company the kind of company where your mom and dad, you would like your mom and dad to work? Absolutely. That clarifies things. Yeah. I just find it so impressive that he's tapped into something deep. He's transmitting a brand identity and using as a fuel for growth a purpose that is a benefit for society. Yeah. So out with the old give back and in with purpose fueling business growth. <laughs> wow. Absolutely. Absolutely. He's a, he's a really impressive guy. He really is. And I, I say uh, his gelato is fantastic. His story is fantastic. I loved when he said that, I mean, he's only 35 years old. Oh, I know. <laughs> and he's, he talked about all the hits of learning that he's had. More than most of us get so, in a lifetime. So, you know, a very present individual that's really thinking all the time on how to improve. And um, that's pretty special. Totally special. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, okay. thanks so much. Bye, Carla. Bye. Bye.